This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. The New York Times has never been a great friend of the Jewish people. 80 years ago, for example, during the Holocaust, what was arguably the most important American news outlet didn't do much to expose its readers to the atrocities that led to the Holocaust, nor to the atrocity of the Holocaust itself. What's even more amazing is that the publisher of the New York Times during that period was a Jew, Arthur Hayes Sulzberger. In modern times, it seems like the Times constantly takes the pro-Palestinian angle, even when it means spreading actual fake news. Only a year ago, in a list of the child victims of the war in Gaza, the New York Times included a photo of a kid who died seven years prior in Ramallah. That is why our guest today, renowned Mariv columnist and author Lilach Sigan, has decided to take it upon herself to carefully trace the New York Times coverage of Israel on a day-to-day basis and to conclude once and for all how biased they actually are. We're super happy, super thrilled to have Lilach here with us today to talk about the New York Times, to talk about Israel, and to talk about fake news. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. So how did it start, this uh, endeavor? Well, the truth is, Um, It actually started about 20 years ago, maybe even 22. Uh, During the second Intifada, uh, I took some time off work then. I had two little girls at home and, uh, and, you know, I was on the internet a lot. It was, it was actually the beginning of of internet really that we didn't really do that before. And, and suddenly, you know, you could read the New York Times from Israel. It was a new thing. And, um, and I was following it and it was just the, the, this, the beginning of the second intifada after Prime Minister then Barack uh, offered uh, a very generous, yeah, a very generous deal to Yasser Arafat, who in return started the second intifada. And I saw how it was covered in the New York Times and I was at awe. I, you know, I didn't go to the history. I didn't have like a, uh, I didn't have an opinion about the New York Times. I always thought it was a great paper. I'm not a right winger, by the way. I'm, I'm, I define myself as a centrist. I was pro a two-state solution. I don't come from the pro-Israeli, super patriotic place. Hasbara. Yeah, I'm not there. I'm, I'm just, you know, I believe in fairness. I believe in journalism. Uh, I have a hard time looking at journalism and what's happening to it today not only in the New York Times, but also in Israel and also in other outlets, and how opinions have become more important than facts, which is a terrible thing because it means we don't really know what's going on. And, you know, when we do know what's going on, we get really angry when we see, you know, a certain coverage and agendas Mm -hmm. that we know aren't really true and don't portray the true situation. But, um... But, you know, so uh, I think it's terrible. Also, I, I, kind of, I come to do this as a journalist because I believe in truth. I believe in objectivity, although I know there's no such thing, uh, you know, n- no such thing as pure objectivity. There's always some sort of bias. But I believe in at least aspiring to be objective. Mm-hmm. And I think we lost that in the past couple of decades. And I think it's terrible. And so, okay, so that's when it started. But um, 
the trigger and the the trigger was uh you know it's funny, I, I, and I've been following the New York Times, and at some point I was like, oh, I'm just not going to read them, you know? I'm not going to read it. It's, it's upsetting. I don't like it. I'm just going to kind of push it aside. And then um, at some point there was a new government in Israel, and, you know, it, it was hard for me to connect to, the, to some of the slogans, slogans and agendas of the prior government, and suddenly I was more able to, you know, to be uh, pro-Israeli from my outlook, just, you know, from the centrist place and, and, and for the, from the place of fairness and uh, objectivity. And I started reading the New York Times again, and then, and then I said, you know what? We, we're so easily impressed these days. We have impressions. We have opinions. Uh, I'm criticizing them for doing this, but what do I know? I don't have data. You know, I, I don't know how, it, maybe they're not even biased. Maybe it's just my impression. Mm. It's, it's worth, you know, it's, it's worth checking it out. And I really tried to come to this, you know, with fresh eyes and, uh, and, and to see what's going on, to start monitoring it every day. And I told myself it was going to be five minutes a day, so it's not such a big deal. At the end of every day, you know, I committed to, uh, I, um, I subscribed you know, and, and I paid the subscription <laughs> fee and everything. And I said, every night I'm just going to go in and I'm going to look for uh, articles and pieces about Israel. And, you know, and I'm, and I'm going to tweet about it. I'm going to uh, I'm going to kind of record it and uh, and tweet about it. And then uh, it came out to a lot more than five minutes a day. I can tell you that. Uh, but I've really gotten way into it. And I think what I found out it's super interesting. How long you've been doing? Uh, you don't. You don't have to subscribe, months. by the way. There's a little bug on uh, on oh, really? Android phones that if you have the New York <laughs> Times tell them. and you you hit the uh, square button where you go out to the different windows of the apps, then the block of the oh. of the uh, sign up disappears. <laughs> but she has an iPhone. I have an iPhone. Yeah. And then you can scroll yeah. down, and then it reappears. Yeah. I have an iPhone. But there's a way it's around it. It's 50 cents a week. You could have been at work at the NSO. Yeah. What are you doing? You should you. be in the Mossad. I, 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 do they pay for hacks, like for finding hacks? Um, but I, I'm wondering, you know, speaking of verifying assumptions, did you do you have, is there any kind of idea of like how important the New York Times is today? Because I, once upon a time, they were a very important outlet, but since the digitization of yeah. media, it seems yeah. like maybe that's another assumption that needs to be kind of burst. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's still a very important newspaper, for journalists at least, okay? It's, it's appreciated. Uh, you know, maybe not as much as it used to be, and there are a lot more outlets today and, and a lot more, you know... A lot of thing, a lot of podcasts, and a lot of uh, YouTube channels, and and so you know, so many new things. Uh, but I do think that um, you know, sometimes it's not how many people read you, but the influence you have uh, on other outlets. And you know, if you're considered like an old school, very strict, very you know. Uh, following the 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 strictest journalist journalism rules of journalism then um i, I think the new york times still has that image mm -hmm. and i think it's a lot more influential influential than uh than just you know who how many people read them and then the new york them. post for example. yeah <laughs> a little bit different yeah, yeah. anyway 
Yeah, so so I do think it's very important. And, I, and it's true that a lot of media outlets are biased against Israel. We, you know, I, I can't monitor everything. I can... You know, I can hardly keep up with this. It's, it's hard. It's harder than it sounds. It's harder than I thought, um, harder and more time-consuming than I thought in the beginning. But, um, but it's something that I can do. And, you know, I've already done four months. I'm going to complete the year, and then I'm going to have enough data to say something, you know, sufficient, real. Mm -hmm. Not just assumptions, not just impressions. I'm going to have real numbers What's and the system? Is there like a rating system for how anti-Israel, how objective or how like... I tried to s simplify it as okay. much as I could because, you know, I didn't want to get into something very statistical and super uh, complicated. So all I do is I, is I see, first of all, what, what did we have? What was aired today on the, on the site? Uh, how many stories about Israel? What were they? I read them. Uh, I see if they were, you know, if they had like, a, if they were more negative about uh, Israel, if they were neutral, or if they were, po there were uh, they were positive. And some of them are positive. I was surprised to find that. But there are positive stories about Israel. About like a falafel stand in well, uh, Tel Aviv. Uh, you know, not just that. No? Let's say, I was surprised, see, because that's impressions. And uh, I, I also had that impression, but let's say last month there were a few positive stories about Naftali Bennett, the Israeli prime minister, who started, mm. you know, to uh, try to mediate between Russia and Ukraine. That's probably it Biden, Biden's administration pushing good stories maybe, to help uh, Maybe, maybe. You know, I, anything... I, I was I am a journalist myself, so I know how stories are stories are, are combined and all this you know give and take between uh, sources and journalists. So maybe, but still, mm -hmm. there are positive stories. It's not all bad. Right. So. Um, but two technical questions I yes. have. So first of all, how many Jew how Jewish is the New York Times today? Uh, if you know, and uh, and second of all, like there's the digital version and right. then there's the print right. version i don't follow the print okay, i follow so only, the, only digital. the digital yeah i okay. can't follow Isn't the print everything that's in print on the yes. digital yes yes but the, the, what i read when i did when i wrote this intro mm -hmm. um there was there's a whole book about the new york times and the holocaust and what yeah. they analyzed is there were stories about the holocaust but they weren't on the first page right and they were buried. So You're that's right. also a question. But first of all, I think uh, a lot of emphasis has been put uh, on on the web. Uh, you know, not just the New York Times, but every media outlet. So, and there's the homepage, okay? And where it's located on, on the homepage. Uh, I monitor the homepage, the opinion page, the world page, and the Middle East page. That That's what I look for. You know, if something is on the arts, in, in the arts section, it's less interesting to me. So, um, but do you see location on the I page? I see the location, but I, you know what? I don't, um, I don't monitor that. Because it changes throughout it the day. It changes throughout yeah. the day. And it's very hard to follow. And um, so I don't even say if it, it was on the home page or just on the Middle East page. I count the, the stories about Israel. I see if they're negative, neutral, or positive. But the more important thing that I found out is what is not published. And that, I think, you know, if I'll give you the numbers, the first four months, there were 72, 72 stories about Israel. 
38 of them were negative, 11 of them were positive. That's, you know, it's, it's 15%. It's, it's not so bad. And 23 were neutral. So it doesn't What's sound so... It, it, like uh, just a regular kind of reporting that's not biased, pro, or anti-Israeli. It's just something that, you know, that I would say, yeah, they're, they're pretty much correct in the way that they portray it. So it, it is my opinion of, of what it is, but because uh, I'm a centrist, and I guess my opinion is okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, so uh, in that sense. But what's more uh, interesting is the amount of stories that do not make it into the paper. And with that, when you follow that, you start seeing that there's a system here. Okay? Anything that has to do with Palestinian violence or terrorism doesn't get in. It just doesn't get in. It doesn't exist as far as the New York Times readers are concerned. You know, if you only read that paper, then there's no terror. The word is hardly ever mentioned, uh, you know, in the context of the conflict. Uh, and uh, terrorists are gunmen or, or just... So, no, maybe right that's extreme mm -hmm. okay they're usually palestinians even if they were planning to carry out you know a, a mass murder kind of suicide bombing or shooting or whatever they're still mo most of the time they're going to be called palestinians let's say this month when uh, uh idf and security forces went into jenin after all the shootings uh, and 14 Israelis died, then um, uh, the, th there were 14 Palestinians uh, were killed during this raid. Most of them, I think it was like 11 or 12 of them, were planning to, uh, to, to attack Israelis and murder them. But they're still referred to as Palestinians, which is like innocent. It's like, like they had no bad intention. So there's no terror. You know, I, I tried, I, uh, aside of the monitoring, I, I also check, check out words in the archive. You know, I do the search and see like a year back, how many times was Hamas mentioned? How many times was Hezbollah mentioned? How many times was Iran mentioned? How many times was Israel mentioned? And that's pretty crazy. Uh, let me give you some more numbers about that. Uh, the word Hamas uh, appeared in the past four months since the beginning of uh, 2022, 29 times. None of them in the headline or the subheadline. Buried inside the last Buried paragraph. Buried inside. Of the... And the, the number of times that Hamas and terror appeared together is three. Prob I didn't check this out, but it's probably in comments of Israeli officials. Mm. Uh, the word um, Hezbollah appeared 11 times since the beginning of the year. And this is a funny little story. Uh, you know, I looked for uh, the word Lebanon. I was like wondering, maybe they don't even report that much about Lebanon. And I just kind of checked to see how many times the word Lebanon appeared. And I saw that the last story about them was in February. And it was like, uh, uh, a trivia test, a trivia quiz kind of thing, okay? <laughs> I was like, okay, let's see how much I know about Lebanon. I started doing the quiz, and there are all kinds of questions. 
and you know it's it's pretty long it's it's uh, i don't know maybe 600 700 words something like that it tells of the financial crisis it does mention the the you know the big um uh warehouse that uh exploded. that exploded uh a few years ago but the word hezbollah does not appear in this quiz mm-hmm. which and was, they run the country guys if you don't know yeah they run the was, country I couldn't believe it. I mean, how can you not mention this? It's like, I don't understand how you can, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to say pretend, but how, how you can say that you are uh, informing and, you know, it's like a learning channel. So wh- what are you teaching? You're mm-hmm. not really teaching what's happening. And uh, so, you know, this is, a, this is a, a real problem. Israel has been mentioned uh, 522 times in New York Times since the beginning of the year. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, Iran was mentioned uh, 336 times. It's also a lot, but it's a it, lot less. But it's an anomaly, I think, because of the deal. Yeah. If it weren't for the deal, they right, would be, mentioned they would be less, much less. Probably. Yeah. Right. And this is during the time when, yeah, there's a lot of news. So the whole, the whole picture, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that you can't be pro-Palestinian. It's, it's fine. It's okay. It's totally legitimate to be pro-Palestinian, to think Palestinians deserve a state. I see it as a completely legitimate stand. But what's illegitimate, at least the way I see it, is not to tell the whole story. From, from what I've been seeing, and it's only four months, I will be doing it for a whole year, but from what I've been seeing, that there is a huge part of the story, more than half of the story, that is just not told systematically. It's not only the Israeli narrative. There are, let's say, the disengagement, okay? There's this paragraph that appears almost... Uh, uh, I've run across it many times in the past few months. It appears in almost every piece that deals with the conflict that tells the background, okay? Israel was, uh, uh, Israel uh, conquered uh, East Jerusalem and um, uh, Judea and Samaria, the West in Bank, Gaza. whatever, and uh, no, not Gaza, yeah, in Gaza, uh, but it doesn't refer to that. It refers to the West Bank. In 1967, it annexed these um, these territories. Although most of the world doesn't uh, look at it as legitimate, this is their usual paragraph. That just you know, it's kind of a copy paste kind of thing. I I also I, know I, that I had a short, short, short stint when I was a student at uh-huh. uh, the Times of Israel as a breaking news editor, and we also had a paragraph like oh, that sure. about. And there's always those kind of paragraphs. And definitely, I'm, I'm, the truth is, if you think about it. It's kind of fucked up that a news outlet has this paragraph that they tell all their reporters to stick. I mean, that's the definition of trying to drive some kind of narrative. Yeah. Instead uh, of letting people report on the facts. That's true. I, you know what? I don't know if it's like the uh, the newspaper that says, okay, guys, uh, use this paragraph, or that's From, just how they was, do it. Oh, maybe they're, the, okay. At the Times of Israel, that's they told us, take okay. this paragraph, use it in any mention of the, I think it was the... Uh, Castellet or whatever they said any mention yeah. of the operation this is the paragraph we use yeah which is crazy I can't believe we it lost is. you as the you could have been a leading <laughs> journalist <laughs> Pulitzer Prize man it, it's never too late it's never too late right so they have this paragraph but 
it's it's as if nothing happened since 1970 it's 1967 it's been 50 something year 50 what five no mm -hmm. yeah 55 years uh time time flies when you're having fun but um <laughs> yeah anyway so uh so many things have happened i mean there were so many negotiations with Yasser Arafat, with uh, Abbas. Uh, there were so many offers. The one that I was talking about before when Barack offered Arafat to finish everything and to call off the conflict, and it just blew to pieces. And there was a disengagement, which is a huge, huge, big deal in Israel, among Israelis, because some of them believe it was a fatal mistake. And some of them, uh, I, I, by the way, think it wasn't a mistake. I think it was, even though we got Hamas there and they're shooting at us and there's a terror and everything, I think it, it's something that you need to try. I think Israel needs to strive for peace and it always needs to try you know, to strive for peace. And sometimes it's going to hit a wall, but but was, I think it was worth a try. And there was also, I think people skip often the Oslo Accords. Right. Now when I get to our Twitter argument with lefties on, on Twitter, and uh, usually they say uh, about the, P, the A territories that they're occupied. Right. But the A ter territories are not occupied. I know. They, they are, they have complete sovereignty of the right, PA and right. people don't don't know that right this is also and Gaza and Gaza is completely not occupied yeah I mean it, for 17 how many is it 17 years yeah I think it's something like that 15 Six. 16 yeah, I don't, something like that we've spoken about this for some reason people still talk about the two-state solution as if it doesn't exist right like it I already mean, we exists. Started, it exi well, it semi-exists, you know, because they do depend on us for all sorts of things. That's their and, problem. Right. No, well, it's not their <laughs> problem. It's always I mean, our problem, too. I mean, when they have a problem, it's always our problem, yeah, too. Yeah, but I'm saying the, the idea that they're dependent on us, meaning there are, there is, Ga the Gaza Strip right. is fully under their control. Right. They could have done completely different things with it. Yeah. There was a lot of money there, especially in the beginning, loads of money which was used in a terrible, in the, in the worst way, really. I mean, it was embezzled, it was used to, to promote terror, to build weapons, to fight, to push hatred, to torture people, their own people. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, so it's terrible. And, and I think all this does not appear anyway. I mean, we as Israelis know it, but uh, what I keep thinking is, you know, in, in Israel, we can be a left-winger or a centrist or a right-winger, but everybody knows what's going on. I mean, if they're going to be shooting from Gaza, you're going to know whether you're super pro-Palestinian and you're Ofer Kasif, okay, which is the MK who is like, uh, he's, he's more pro-Palestinian than any Palestinian you can find, but he will know that they were shooting. He will have an interpretation of it. Okay, his own interpretation, but he'll know that there were rockets. He will know that there is terror. He will know that, you know, that there's, um, um, how do you say, I, for, I forgot the word. Uh, alert. Alert. Yeah. Yeah, that there's high a huge alert. high alert because, you know, uh, many terrorists are, are really into blowing people up during Passover Eve. They will know this. They will say, oh, it's our fault or whatever. They'll, they'll have their explanation. But Jewish Americans don't know this. They're not here. They're not exposed to this. Uh, here, every media outlet will report it, whether it's left or right. If In they the have States, a Haaretz app or something, they get the Haaretz push. Haaretz will 
mention yes they'll get a push and i, they, get, I think most Amer- uh, jewish americans above 40 50 maybe would probably have either times of israel app or no maybe i'm i don't know you know what i don't i don't know i tried to find the readership i couldn't find any data about it but what i'm worried about is the younger jewish americans yeah but they, do they read it maybe they do read the new york i times. think they're influenced by it for sure uh i did uh i did see a story a couple of months ago in the new york times that shocked me completely i have to tell you about it okay it's uh this young jewish girl she's the age of my older daughter she's 26 years old and she started working for a synagogue a pro-israeli synagogue okay and uh, as a teacher where uh i don't remember okay but uh she started working for the synagogue and about a week after she started, uh, the, the, the rabbi there found out that, uh, you know what, maybe it was during the operation uh, last May that the fighting started, that she, she posted something in her blog saying that she's anti-Zionist and, you know, that uh, Israel stole Palestinian land. And she was like saying really, really very extreme things about uh, Israel. And, uh, you know, he he talked to her the next day and he said, uh, I would just like to know, are you pro Hamas? Because, you know, this is what you were saying. And she was like, well, you know, I have my opinions, but if if you're pro Israeli, I will keep them to myself. Okay, and I won't teach them to the to the students. Anyway, about a week later, something didn't work out. She was fired. Frankly, I don't even know why they took her. If they're a pro-Israeli uh, synagogue, you, it's something that you would ask, isn't it? I mean, anyway, she's suing the synagogue for <laughs> firing her for her beliefs. Oh, yes, she did mention the word genocide, okay? Israel is performing genocide on the Palestinians, which is one of the worst libels that are told about Israel, because Israel was built on the remains of a real horrible, most horrid genocide, which was the Holocaust. Which was done by a Jew, by the way. Hitler was a Jew, if you didn't know about it. Yeah, according to Putin, yeah. yeah. Uh, So I think it's the worst libel, because the truth is that there are a lot more Palestinians today than there were, uh, you know, in 67. And uh, there is no genocide. And, you know, you can say a lot of bad things about Israel, but at least tell the truth and don't spread fake news and libel. So so the piece was obviously very, very warm towards her. To, she, it made her into a heroine. Hero. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, th- there was a, a, a photo. And she was sitting very, you know, very troubled and very, you know, it, it, it's like... I'm a journalist and I I used to be an editor, uh, a magazine editor, and I know how, you know, if you want to make someone look like a hero, there are very certain things that you you need to do in order to make them look like that. And and it's definitely what they tried to do with this girl. And uh, I was shocked, first of all, because the genocide was just mentioned, you know, by the way, kind of. She said that they were performing genocide, but nobody even, you know, maybe a little footnote that it's not true, that it's fake news, that it never really happened, even if people believe it. Nothing. It's just there. And it stays there. And I'm thinking young Jewish people, the age 
of my daughters in America are reading this, are influenced by this, they also want to be portrayed as heroes. They're Googling probably Israel genocide and May, reading loads yeah, of... Yeah, and it becomes, it becomes a truth without any... It, it, it's such a huge lie, really. I mean, it's got no relevance to anything, and it's not based on, on any facts. And it was just terrible for me. And, you know, I started thinking that um, this agenda which is supposedly pro-Palestinian. I'm saying supposedly because I think personally that if you really were pro-Palestinian, you would be against Hamas, for, for instance. I mean, because... Would you? Yeah. I think, I, you know, I'm not against Palestinians having a state, but I, I know that Hamas won't be able to head this state. So as long as Hamas insists on shooting and... Uh, investing all all its funds in weapons and you know wanting war and wanting to kill jews there's there's not going to be a palestinian state it's very it's very clear to me so we had a whole uh like a whole section of zionism that indulged in the same tactics mm -hmm. back in the day they were the minority in the zionist movement but they so i'm not sure that if if you are really pro-Palestinian, playing the devil's advocate mm -hmm. here, okay. if uh, it's, it is a fact that you need to be against Hamas. First of all, it's a f it's, if it were so, then I, I don't think, then why, do so, why is it so popular? They, mo many, it's, many, many Palestinians support Hamas. That's true, but I gotta, I gotta just stop you for a second. From what I know and from surveys that I have seen, First of all, in Gaza, you, can, you can't be not pro-Hamas. If you say anything against Hamas, you'll be, you know, if you're lucky, you'll be put in jail. If you're not lucky, they're going to slaughter your family and then kill you. That's how it's done. So oh, you can't are, be not pro-Hamas. There are pro -Hamas. surveys that are done that are, not, that are anonymous. In that West aren't. Bank. In the West Bank. So I've seen Gaza. surveys seen, in Gaza, too. Gaza. But, but, and, and there was the best survey. There were once upon a time, there was elections there. Where yeah, Hamas but won. But that's 17 years ago. From what yeah. I remember, the real popularity of Hamas went down in Gaza because they understood that it's going nowhere. And the popularity is up in the West Bank because they don't know any better. Okay? Because they, kn they know that what they have is corrupt and rotten and bad. So they're, you know, they want to change the government, just like we do here, you know, when the government is corrupt and we want to change it. So... They're thinking we don't, maybe we Hamas don't have, will be better. I would say at least that we don't have proof that Hamas is not popular in Gaza. That's true. We don't have solid um, proof. And it's safe to assume that if they weren't popular, they weren't right. ruling Gaza because, because there would have been an uprising sooner or later. So at least some popularity they, they enjoy. And I don't know, but I, I have to ask you, because you were saying earlier that it is okay for a news outlet to have an agenda. Mm-hmm. So uh, that that uh, struck me as as weird. Okay, I'll tell you what why. What I'm thinking is, we kind of got a little mixed up between facts and opinions, and uh, it's okay to have opinions. It's okay to have an agenda. It's okay to push an agenda as a news outlet, but you can't have opinions generating facts. Facts should generate opinions, 
And the moment that you let your opinion lead the way that you report things, and that's why, that's why you stop reporting at least half of the things as New York Times is doing, and you only report a certain narrative, and, and you, know, you, let, you only let on board uh, reporters and writers that this is their view, then you're not really diverse. You're not really showing a full picture, and you're not really doing journalism. But isn't that a consequence of having an agenda? No, because I think if you, if you portray the facts as they are, Okay, if New York Times was telling the whole story as it is and not silencing such a big part of the story and pushing some sort of agenda as a part of this reporting, I would say that's legitimate, even My if agenda, I didn't agree. What do you mean? I mean that the views on the op-ed pages are uh, for one state solution, for example, or... Whatever. But why is it okay for an outlet to be so biased? It's, it's, that's, wh- that's what I'm saying. This is not biased. No, I mean, even if, if you were if you reporting say, everything, all the facts. But then in the opinion, you don't, instead of having a 50-50 or 60-40, you do 90-10. Again, it's, it's kind of like you were saying about uh, objectivity, meaning it's not necessarily an attainable goal, but it's something we should all strive for. Exactly. Shouldn't we strive for an agendaless outlet? Shouldn't that what all news outlets being, shouldn't that be their well, North Star? that's just the news, okay? If you only want hard news and hard facts, definitely, yeah. No, but in opinion as well. But Understand, uh, understanding that the, like, you know, quilt of human thought is diverse and there are many different angles and trying to capture as much of it as possible in order to give your readers a accurate again but it's it's fact like the idea the idea behind an opinion page should be I'm trying to give an accurate representation of the mapping of human opinion I don't think that is the definition of an you know of the object of the opinion page I do think it's the definition of the object of reporting of journalism and reporting let's you know I, I would like to to differentiate between these two things. There is reporting, the stories. What happened today? What happened today is in Israel. If I only tell 25% of what happened today in Israel, and you know, I continually only tell this quarter of the story, I'm not telling the story. I'm not really reporting. I'm pushing an opinion through reporting. It's okay to push an opinion, but not through reporting, because then you're not reporting. That's that, what I'm I saying. Sti- I still don't understand why it should be okay for a news outlet to push an opinion. Why is that okay? I think it's okay. I mean, you know, if you wanted a newspaper that would push another opinion. So then, then I can... wouldn't push in, a, I wouldn't open a newspaper. I would open a, a media outlet. I would well, open. Well, today it's a little different, I think. Okay, today it's a little different. The New York Times is more old school journalism. And that's why it's, it's so... It presents itself as such. Exactly. It's not really... But it's not. It's not. But, it, but yeah. even if it were objective on the news and biased on the opinion, it would I would still... live with it. I personally would live with it because what I think is terrible... I mean, let's go back to this 26-year-old, okay? Because she represents something, in my opinion. She represents a lot of young Jewish Americans who do not want anything to do with Israel because they believe that Israel is monstrous and it's mean and cruel and they're anti-Zionist 
and she went and said, I don't think that, uh, you know, Zionism and, and, and being Jewish go together. They don't necessarily go together. And I mean, I'm like reading this and I'm saying, what are you talking about? I mean, for 2,000 years, <laughs> Jews uh, were outside of Israel, you know, and praying uh, every night uh, next year in Jerusalem. So that's Zionism, you know, that's what Zionism is built on. So how can you say that being Jewish has nothing to do with Zionism? It just shows that she doesn't know what she's talking about. And it, it was really sad to me because I, I don't think she's stupid. I don't think she's illiterate. I don't think she's not intelligent. I think she's misinformed. She's I misinformed and she doesn't realize it. I wouldn't jump to the conclusion that she isn't stupid. <laughs> she might be stupid. Well, there's, a, there's a big possibility you know, she's dumb. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just a, saying, you know, it's, it's, somebody... You know, there's who, a chance yeah, that she's very in, unintelligent. I, no, I don't think so. Because, you know, if I look at the numbers, and uh, there are too many uh, young American Jews that I'm sure are not all stupid. I'm sure they're not all stupid. I think they're misinformed. That's what I think. Because of biased reporting. Aiton moves not uncomfortably <laughs> on his chair. It's, I, th this is why I believe I think that reporting that, no, but should be I don't want to define them as humans. Yeah. I don't know if they're entirely stupid, but I think on the subject they're, yeah. But what is stupid if not misinformed, right? I mean, you're no. saying, you're saying they're, they're not unintelligent. They're just, they don't, they're not knowledgeable. Look, I think, you know, uh, you were in journalism, so you're obviously I wasn't, more. I wasn't. <laughs> it was like a student job. Okay, well, <laughs> glimpsed. you know, I think people who are really interested in current events, yeah. th then they kind of work at it, you know, they, they, they go and look for the information and they, and they won't just read one outlet, they're going to read a f at least a few and maybe follow some journalists on Twitter or, or whatever, and you know, they're, they're going to want the information, they're going to want information from a few sources, and you know, and maybe they'll run across uh, different kind of um, information. But most people, they just kind of want to know what happened today. You know, they're not going to be so obsessive about, okay, what happened in Israel today? I mean, most Jews in the United States, if I have to guess, okay, they're living their lives, doing whatever they're doing, you know, teaching Pilates. What do I know what they're doing? Uh, you know, uh, everybody's doing something different, right? Running Hollywood and, in the banks. Oh, uh, yes, right. <laughs> controlling, yeah. controlling, not, and, not and, running. And uh, Washington. Uh, yes. So, um, you know, they're living their lives and they, and they want to uh, think of themselves as educated and intellectual. And this is considered an intellectual and intelligent media outlet. So, you know, if they're going to want to know what's going on, they're going to, I don't know, they're going to go on the website. They're going to, you know, get the push notices. They're going to read the paper maybe, uh, although not the young ones probably. But if they do that, they're going to be misinformed about what's going on in Israel. And, the, and definitely not realize it. That's an unintelligent way of going about being informed. Saying, I want to be informed. What do you and read? I, what do you read? When I how care do you, yeah, to how be you, informed about something. How do you something? get information? online but i look at many different outlets if i care to be informed about that about I'm not a subject developed a, an opinion about myanmar you know and what's yeah. going on there before i've read about it before i've read a little bit of the history before i've read a couple and of different outlets are you into outlets. knowing what's going on there no okay but ukraine so, but russia you, but you or... Or exactly look i mean let, let's take the the war in russia and ukraine yeah. uh well i don't know i think most people 
don't really know what's happening there. Yep. Okay. Even if they look for information, because there's so much misinformation. But, for exactly. And yeah. if I develop an opinion there, I think I will. I I will be able to say about myself, I have done something stupid. You get what I'm saying? If I develop an yeah. opinion before being okay, before doing due, due process, yeah, and trying to find and do due diligence and trying to find out what's actually going on there, mm-hmm. that's a stupid thing. Now, again, I okay. might not be a stupid person, but it's but stupid. it's not. Yeah, but it's I I see what you're saying. We ask a lot of people. Yeah, I, I'll tell you yeah, my problem with your theory. Oops, sorry about that. Um, I'll tell you my problem with your theory. Okay, my problem with your uh, theory is that. Uh, I believe in the future of the Jewish people, okay? And and I, you know, when I was a girl, we were just talking about it before we went, uh, before we started recording. But you know, you told me about your childhood, and I and I said that I grew up in New Jersey for a few a few years. My father used to work for the Jewish Agency, and I, when I was like ten, uh, we went to New Jersey for a few years, and it was really really hard for me, because you know it was in the seventies, so it was a really long time ago. There was no you couldn't even call anybody. If you wanted to be in touch with your old friends, you had to write like uh, this aerogram, which would take like six weeks to get there. Hmm. And then you have to wait until they answer in, in another six weeks until you get an answer. And I was so detached and so, you know, out of place. And I didn't know how, I, I, I didn't know how to speak English. I had to learn it. And I had a lot of problems. And then at some point, my parents transferred me to a Jewish school. And it really saved me as a 12-year-old girl. And, uh, and, and, you know, and then I think I discovered how Jews all over, whether they're stupid or smart or neither, uh, they have a connection. They have a connection. And I think this connection is super important because there are only 15 million Jews in the world. And, you know, we're not a huge... Um, religion or people or whatever you want to call it. And I think uh, that Jews knowing how to stick together is very important to the future of Judaism. And I think what's happening in the New York Times is working against this. I don't think they're doing it on purpose, but I think that's what's happening. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. Why do they do it then? I don't know. There could be a hundred million reasons. It could be, you know, from the owner, from the publisher, from his friends, from his business partners. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I can guess until tomorrow. What I know but is... Assuming it's not on that, purpose is, is weird. And no, Isn't I, it I, the no, default? I think it happens to everybody. I think it, hap- it could happen to anybody, okay? To any news outlet. You know, you go with some sort of line, and I see it also now and again in, in Israeli news outlets that they go too far with their agenda and they get confused. You know, you, at some point when you, when you get a little, you become a little bit more extreme like every day, at some point you cross a line and it's, it's a very slow crossing of the line. You don't realize that you've crossed the line. You're doing what you have been doing for a long time and you're just kind of developing, right? You're just taking it a little bit farther. And at some point, it becomes too extreme and it's not true anymore and it causes it can cause a lot of damage and because you remember where you started from you think you're doing the right thing i th- i i have to disagree because i feel like a lot of the 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 i mean i totally agree with your analysis of the new york times but i think with the reasoning behind it and and 
you're you're taking too much of a passive approach to things and and my problem with the whole misinformed and the new york times is trying to drive a wedge between the jewish i mean it might be true about the jewish the new york times but it takes a lot of the responsibility out of the individual's hands meaning like the jewish population in america is simply misinformed and that's that is their only sin and i think that there's more to their sin i, I think their sin is is uh is one that they're doing willingly and that they're doing to a certain extent consciously yeah they are choosing to hold certain opinions and certain views about the jewish state even though they are jews in and of themselves right and that that's terrible i think it's terrible to be faced with this choice okay uh you know what if i were an american jew i can guess that i wouldn't turn against my people okay i don't know i can't really know it's something that I, i'm guessing but you know i haven't lived that life so you don't really know what you would do in, cer in a certain situation unless you're really faced with it but what i'm saying is the jews shouldn't face this choice the 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 mere facing of this choice is something that should not be presented to jews and i think that's the sin of the New York Times and its but likes. But we can't expect the world not to present us of course with the we can. option of evil. Of course we can. Right? No, well, you know. You know what know. I mean? Like, yeah, but they're not evil. I don't know if you're comfortable evil. with that world, but word, but, but like. But they're not evil. No, but what I'm saying, I, I took it to that on purpose because it gives it that biblical context, meaning mm -hmm. the world is full mm. of good and evil. The, word, the world is full of like the right choice and the wrong choice. And yeah. you can't expect for the wrong choice to be, you know, I agree with you, but I think the Jews have been faced with this kind of choice forever. I mean, you know, they used to, uh, uh, during the Inquisition, if they didn't change their religion, they would be tortured, killed, or I don't know what. It was really terrible. Uh, during the Holocaust, we know what happened. And there, there's so many examples of, of this. Uh, so we're supposed to be over that. It's not... This is not where we are today in 2022, okay? We're supposed to be intelligent. We're supposed to be pro-minorities. Uh, we're supposed to, you know, not face people with such choices. Uh, we don't, we're supposed to be like that, but we're not. That's what bothers me. So, you know, you could blame it on, on the Jews that are making the wrong choice. But too many of them have been making the wrong choice, in my opinion, in the, in the past 10 or 20 years. The younger ones, the, the, the Jews, I mean, Jews my age, I think are still making the right choice, most of them. But my daughter's ages, I don't know about that. And that really worries me. And I don't think it's stupidity and, and, or something like that. I think that too many of them are faced with this choice that they have to choose. You have to choose between being an intellectual Democrat and between being pro-Israel. And it's that not is not a Democrat. fair choice. It's have to... a career in academy or in arts. I agree. You can't have a career, I think, in yeah. academy or arts in America if you're pro-Israel. Uh, well, it's harder in it's some harder. places, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That it, it, Again, it paints this like, like this choice between like they don't have a choice it kind of paints it in a way that they don't have a choice like you can either choose a life where you're part of the intellectual elite and you have all the opportunity in the world mm -hmm. or you choose the opposite and you're you're destined to a life of of destitution and like 
and and no opportunity and poverty and that's not no. where the states is right now i mean you can have a, you can live you can have welfare and live a happy life and and live wonderfully you know yeah but some people you know some people are weaker and some people are more vulnerable and you know i'm thinking of students going on really good campuses for for example and you know being pro-israeli is considered a crime there and you're, you're an outcast and you know you want to be part of of the students of the parties of the fraternities or you know whatever forget and it's just impossible forget pro-israel like being i imagine being like a girl your age uh going to a college or a high school in in los angeles and saying And coming with the maga girl whose age no in, in uh, the okay. last <laughs> like daughter ages no yeah. okay. not your one week old yeah. girl okay. uh, you go to a high school in Los Angeles Jewish okay. high school with a mega yeah. hat ah yeah forget Israel even you you can do it you simply cannot do it right yeah Yeah, which is why you shouldn't live in California, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it goes to many Jewish communities. There's a lot communities. of reasons you shouldn't live in California. It's not only California. I don't think you can do it in many Jewish high schools. Ah, in Jewish uh, high schools. Uh, Jewish communities, synagogues throughout them, right? Yeah. So... But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, a, it's a conscious decision yeah, by detach. members of the Jewish community to attach themselves to the intellectual elite mm -hmm. instead of what's right, in my opinion. I agree with you, but what I'm saying is, first of all, you know, some people... It's, it's kind of similar, sorry, uh, it's kind of similar to what happened in Germany in the 30s, I mean, right? right. To ignore what's going on with the Jewish people because yeah. you prefer to be a cultured German. Yeah, and you know what happened to them. They also got killed. Yeah. <laughs> so it didn't really help them uh, because there was this whole racial uh, theory behind it and, and it didn't really matter. Exactly. So, yeah. So I understand what you're saying, but uh, I think there were, will always be people that are going to feel more vulnerable and, you know, uh, they, will, they will prefer to belong to some other group than uh, to their Jewish group, which is... I guess reality and I don't think it's stupidity I think it's like it's, it's just some people are just like that uh, what I'm saying is that if you encourage this as a media outlet that is a sin in my opinion yeah but that's okay? but that's what I'm saying is that that interests me less you know what I mean and I I wonder if as a state we should mature to a point and I bet you wouldn't agree with me where we should say to the Jewish world beyond the Which is very antithetical to what israel the 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 uh you know the uh, the the line that israel takes today and that it's taken in the past but to say to the rest of the jewish world either you're with us or goodbye and what will you achieve by that let's say half of them are going to say you know what i don't know Resources? most of them are going to say How much resource, how many resources and effort and, 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 and energy goes become, on trying to convince? I think we're not, to, I think we haven't really put our energy in the right places. I got to tell you, I don't think Israel is doing enough. I think it hasn't been doing enough for at least 10 years. Uh, my father used to do this when I was a girl. Okay. This was his job. He used to like explain Israel to American Jews and to, Jew, you know, so I kind of like grew up on, on these messages. And I think that uh, Israel has become too involved in its inner politics 
and it's not doing enough to, um, you know, to bring together the uh, the Jews of, you know, uh, the states especially because most Jews live there, like what six million something like that. It's mm-hmm. it's really divided between America and Israel. You know, there are more here and there, but most Jews live in Israel and in America. And if we're going to come to them and say, hey, you guys, you're either with us or without us, and, you know, we're going to feel pretty good about ourselves for a little while, but then we're not going to have them anymore. And I think we're going to be weaker, and I think it's not going to do us a lot of good, and I think that, and you know something? And then we're letting evil win, because if there are media outlets that uh, actually promote this tear between American Jewry and Israeli Jewry, I think they should pay the price. Why should we pay the price? We should be working smartly. We shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be putting, uh, posing ultimatums to other Jews, which, you know, their, their lives are complicated. They're, what do you mean you're either with us or without us? It's, you know, their, their views are different. We should talk to them. We should bring them back, you know, well, I'm sure we can bring at least half of them back to believe in us. Some of them are going to be extremists, some of them are going to choose, you know, uh, the, the academy or whatever, or uh, being pro-Muslim or I don't know what, okay? But at least half of them could be our friends. Could be saved. And, yeah, and very important friends of ours, and a part of the future of the Jewish people, And if we're just going to say, ah, we don't need you guys anymore. No, not we don't need you. We mm-hmm. would love to have you. But, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like uh, reaching a mature like, relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Stage in a relationship where, you say, where you're not dependent yeah. or, or when you're in negotiations for, uh, for a job, right? Not, not needing the other is, is, yeah. is an important part of negotiating or, or maturing to a point of independence. I don't think we should negotiate with them. We shouldn't be depend. This idea that we need the Jews of the diaspora. But we do. I don't we think do. so. I think, I think that, do. first of all, most of them, many of them aren't Jewish, really, in, in the end. Meaning they don't lead Jewish lives, they marry non-Jews, and the Ju- Judaism is going to dissipate within a generation uh, or two if it hasn't already. Meaning mm-hmm. they don't lead Jewish lives already today. And most of them, even the ones that do, if they remain in the diaspora, their Judaism is going to be gone. Even if they want to some keep of them, it. Even the, of my them, friends that marry yeah. Jewish and raise their kids Jewish, those kids... Probably not going to marry Jewish. And if they're Unless not... Unless you're going to start working at it right now. But why? Because this, this, it's the future of the Jewish people. You want no, more Jews. You don't want Jewish less. The Jewish people is here. I want more Jews no, here. No, because we, we need the United States. We need the lobby of the Jews in the United States. We need the lobby of the Jews elsewhere. You know, they Some do... would argue we don't need the lobby yeah. of the Jews in the United States. Um, it only harms think, us. Yeah, well, you know what? I think we, we need it. <laughs> I, I don't buy that. I think we so, do need it, and it, I think it's sword. very presumptuous. Yeah, but we're, we're better off having it. We're better off having it, and I don't think we should do something that would, in the end, maybe make us, you know, ah, fine, we don't have to deal with this anymore because it's really, you know, it's very upsetting, but it will make us weaker. It's not the, it's not the, like, uh, you're right. If it was just, ah, fine, whatever, we're sick of it. If it came yeah. from a place of, 
of exhaustion, then fine. And if there were no benefits, then fine. But I think some of our worst enemies are are us, meaning some of the people, like we mentioned in the intro, right? Some -hmm. of the people that are driving this anti-Zionist movement in the United States, again, and this goes back to the New York Times, I don't think the New York Times is at fault for where the Jewish American community is at intellectually. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's stopping the the pander to our worst enemies, which sometimes are ourselves. But you know, uh, what I'm saying is it's contributing. I don't think it's the New York Times is responsible for this, but I think it's contributing. And it's not taking responsibility for this contribution. And and that is what I'm doing, okay? That's yeah. what I'm doing because I, I, I want to put a spotlight on that because I think it's illegitimate to do that uh, to, to, you know, a very small people that in the, in the history has been so persecuted or less persecuted now. But, you know, uh, but I think it's, it's illegitimate to do that to the 15, 15 million to try and tear them apart even more. That, that I can get on board with. Ultimately, yeah. I think shedding light on a lie exactly. is, is the right and the good thing exactly. to do. But I think that maybe the, the, the objective should be shedding light on a lie. Meaning That's what it is. Wherever you're showing truth, you're doing a good. Yeah. But it's on the Jewish community to see that, meaning not yeah. for them. No, but, but what I'm saying is that I want to go to the, you know, if I have a message to, to the Jewish community in the United States, then I'll say, look, you guys, you know, uh, even if you're anti-Israeli, maybe, just check yourselves out. Maybe it's because you're misinformed. Maybe. Maybe you haven't gotten the true information. So at least be open to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Be open to that and try to read elsewhere try to get more information Listen try to, to see nice the Jewish true picture podcast. exactly <laughs> that's the for first starters yeah. that's the first yeah. step yeah and the last so wh- where <laughs> are you going with with the with the project uh first of all i'm gonna you know uh i'm gonna i've committed to a year so i've done four months up, up until now so i'll finish the year uh i'm thinking maybe there's a book in it i don't know maybe at the end of the year i'll have a book which will also you know I wonder uh, if it would make the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I wouldn't bet on that, but who knows? Uh, but uh, I think uh, I, I have a message that I really do want to portray and uh, to relay, and uh, I do want it to reach Jewish people, especially young Jewish people, and I want it to also reach the the New York Times. I want them to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I I think what they're doing is illegitimate. Absolutely. So, so when the book is out? Well, at the end of the year. Uh, let's wait until to have the you end. again. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. And really, I think uh, uh, you deserve kudos for doing this. I think it yeah. really is a, um, a great effort and a great uh, objective. It's amazing uh, that nobody just, did it. I'm, I'm yeah. just doubtful about you know the American Jewish community, but I think you know any any time you shed light on 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 something like this, it's it's a powerful thing. So. Yeah. Hopefully. Nice work. Thank and guys, the, the cool thing is you tweet about this in English on your Twitter. Right, right. So if people yes, follow you on Twitter. Oh, right. What's the yeah, handle? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, Lilac Sigan. Uh, that's with my C-H, name. C-H you write it? No, with Without a C. An li- lilac. Okay. You know, when I, when, I was in, when I was a teenager in New Jersey, nobody could say Lilac. It was like such, a, it was a horror. So <laughs> I, I, I started using Lilac then. Okay. And now when I go to California, everybody says, oh my God, I love your name. It's such <laughs> yeah. a cool name. It's like I have so, a buddy yeah. in California whose name is Iftach. 
So yeah. His name oh. in English was Yifatach. <laughs> so he, okay. just, he just went with he Jeff. Won. He won. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, ah, oh, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So Lilac Sigan, S-I-G-A-N, right? right? On yes. Twitter. On Twitter. And I would love it if you'd follow me and, and look at what I come up with. Very cool. Amazing. And your novels are, are not translated to English, right? Well, actually, one of the, my, my last one is, and I'm now uh, working with an agent to find a publisher, so wish me luck. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So stay tuned. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. It was really me. fascinating. And yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what you heard, we accept donations. Go to 2ngb.com slash donate. Also, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter. Everywhere YouTube. else. Subscribe on YouTube. Yes. That's it. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, See guys. See you in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.